This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. By slowing down and listening to our spirit, we will understand better what is needed. We may feel grief, sorrow, sadness, and despair. Yet, in quiet moments, we can also hear a soft voice reminding us, it's okay. Breathe. Cry. Ask for help. The space within each of us is expansive enough to hold and cradle the various emotions we experience. When we let the emotions flow through unobstructed, brief moments of peace can eventually enter. Life's surface activities may still swirl about us like choppy waves on the water. However, by delving deeper, we discover how to be in the world without being overwhelmed by it. Take a step back from a troubling situation. Allow your spirit a calm respite. Pause. Breathe in peace. Breathe out calm. Be present in this moment. Our inner journey work is waiting. As unbelievable as it may sound, vast starlit galaxies will be there to greet us and support us when we venture into the deeper spirit realm of our being. Valeria Telles interviews Diana J. Ensign, the author of A Moment of Calm, Meditative and Reflective Readings for Inner Peace. Diana J. Ensign, J.D., is an award-winning author who writes about spirituality, mindfulness, grief, and healing. For over two decades, she has explored spiritual teachings and wisdom traditions from a variety of sources. Her other books include Heart Guide, True Stories of Grief and Healing, The Freedom to Be, Stories from Transgender Youth, Adults, and Their Families, and Traveling Spirit, Daily Tools for Your Life's Journey. Heart Guide and The Freedom to Be are Ippy Gold Medal winners. She also writes the popular Spirituality for Daily Living blog found on her website. Meet Diana at dianaensign.com. Here is the interview with Diana J. Ensign. In your own words, who is Diana Ensign? Well, I'm a writer uh, in the area of spirituality, grief and healing, uh, mindfulness, you know, but I'm like all of us more than that. And, you know, when we do this work of spirituality and inner peace and, and go deeper, recognize that our labels are not all of who we are and there's much 
so much more to us than than just those labels, uh, you know, such as writer, our career, our marital status, our work in the world is part of us. It's important, but it's it's certainly not all of who we are, you know. And if we have a death of a loved one or you know a job loss, you know, we we pretty quickly realize that the labels aren't the entirety of who we are. So. So what do you suggest in a case, um, not even a suggestion, but from your understanding, how do we, we navigate this reality between attaching to identities and everything around us, physical, and also being touched with that that is invisible, that is untouched? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes um, I think that awareness comes to us from life events. Like like I mentioned, if if we have someone who's close to us who, who passes away or we suddenly lose our job or go through a divorce, you know, that will bring front and center very quickly um, that our identities, you know, are shifting or, or maybe not as important as we thought they once were. You know, if we do a career shift or a major life shift, I think that awareness comes to us. And I wonder often, more often than not, and I ask the question here, if we can tap into this kind of awareness without the abrupt change, without the challenges, the difficulties, the suffering. Is that possible? Yeah, I think our, our spiritual practices um, are certainly a way to go deeper than the surface level of our lives. And so um, in my first book, Traveling Spirit, you know, I talk about all the different tools that helped me um, after my father passed, but, you know, things like meditation or things like uh, walking in nature or journaling, you know, there's probably lots and lots of different ways to try to go deeper um, into the essence of who we are and ask those kinds of questions, you know, who am I? Why am I here? What is it I want to do with my life? So, yeah, there's lots of spiritual tools that can help us. We don't always have to have a a crisis in order to look deeply at those kinds of questions. And when it comes to inner peace, what brings that state of being or of mind? These practices will be the case, so inner peace will be a practice, or it's something that an insight, let's say, a realization that we had that stays with us regardless of practice? Mm Mm-hmm. I think the practices help us become more aware of what's naturally inside on the interior journey. So, you know, for instance, in the moment of calm book, I talk about taking three slow, deep breaths. That's a way to slow everything down. And then we can become more aware of the peace, you know, that maybe is there all the time. We're just not accessing it. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. it seems to me like it's always there. Seems like it's a movement of of focus. It's like a shift mm-hmm. of focusing attention from one thing to another. What we're speaking of, inner peace, might not be another thing per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be more just mm-hmm, a way of being. Yeah, I sort of um, the imagery I I use for myself sometimes is, you know, it's like uh, this beautiful whale in the ocean. You know, sometimes it it has. Um, it's on the surface, you know, um, breaching, flapping its tail. And then other times it's diving deep into the ocean where it's still and quiet and peaceful. And I think we all have that capacity to be, you know, on the surface of life with our, 
you know, our relationships, our bills, our jobs, our children, whatever situation is. And then we have that capacity to step back, take time out and go deeper uh, into the peaceful realm. So in a way, it's not separated. It includes everything. Whatever Mm -hmm. we call inner peace, awareness, consciousness is the space that holds all the experiences, as you mentioned Mm -hmm. in your book, and we have heard about, which makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It Mm -hmm. holds everything unconditionally. That's one of my favorite topics, <laughs> this idea of unconditional anything. We usually, when I say unconditional love, but everything is just, it just is part of this, whatever this is. And with that in mind, whatever this is, meaning life, what mm-hmm. is life to you? How would you put into words what this is, Diana? I mean, that's a good question. I think for me, paying attention to the moments of life is important. So You know, if we are mindful, if we are accessing inner peace, if we are taking time to breathe, these moments, you know, come along and it might be, you know, a dragonfly or, you know, a child that glances over at us or the way the leaves move. And and if we are taking time for self-care and taking time to breathe, uh, we don't miss those moments. You know, we are aware of them, more aware of them. And so that way, when we get to the end of our physical life, our, our bodies, you know, we don't look back and, oh, you know, I missed living my life or I missed appreciating, you know, the life that I had on this planet. Right. So, um, yeah, if we're talking the physical life, I would say trying to appreciate it, trying to as best we can navigate it with some tools and practices that help us you know, live in a loving and compassionate way and also just um, enjoy, you know, some of the gifts that are here. What is another word for inner peace, Diana, that comes to mind? Um, Inner peace could be inner calm, uh, balance, equanimity, expansiveness, centered. I think we know it (laughs) when we have it, you know. Um, It's like, you know, going swimming, you know, you feel the water, you're you're in that space. And um, as we talked about already, there's lots of different ways to to access that space and to be in that space. And and I think the practicing with it then also brings our awareness, as you mentioned, when we're not in alignment, when we're in chaos, when we're in high drama, when we're in the frenetic, you know, sort of um you know, treadmill way of being, which is incredibly unhealthy and harmful. And and I think just that awareness of, oh, you know, I'm getting caught into drama or I'm getting caught and sucked into this vortex of negativity and I really need to get centered again, you know. What is your understanding of balance? What would that be from your perspective? Mind, body, spirit, uh, balance, meaning you uh, are aware of your thoughts, your words, your actions, you know, you're in harmony with the whole and, um, you know, are in alignment. We've used that word a number of times. I think it's a a pretty good descriptive word of, of what being in balance is. And I think, like we just said, the awareness when you're off balance is also important to recognize when that happens so that we can do the breathing or find the tool that will help us get back in balance. What is spirituality to you these days, Diana? How would you define spirituality? And also, why did you become interested in spiritual practices, insights, teachings? Mm-hmm. Um, spirituality is just connecting with spirit. 
And, you know, I, I yeah. think we use different words for that, you know, so right. spirit for people might be the sacred, the divine, yeah. God, um, you know, universal life energy, higher consciousness. I don't think the words matter so right. much right. as tapping into it and then applying it as best we can in our daily lives. What got me interested, I, I wouldn't say interested is probably the right word for me. It would be more <laughs> <Yeah>. thrust upon me. <laughs> yes, I like that better. <laughs> so, yeah, no choice. When yeah. my, and I think life does that sometimes, you know, when we are off course or we're, you know, life will s- sort of give us that little wake up call of, you know, pay attention and, you know, here's a different path and you might want to pay attention to this path over here. So for me, it was the death of my biological father in a drunk driving accident, you know, sort of that everything, you know, going along, going along, and then all of a sudden, boom, and, and, you know, and then shifting courses. And so the death was what uh, served as a catalyst for my shifting courses. And for me, it was, it, it was just surrendering and asking for guidance and being open. And then different things came from that openness, you know, different um, spiritual paths, were presented to me that I had never heard of, never had an interest in. You know, they just um, came to me, you know, like, so, um, yeah, I think being open and asking for guidance and surrendering are all really helpful on the path because then life, you know, you can ask each day, you know, what does life want of me this day? And and then try and be open to that. That goes back to that topic of flowing, of being mm-hmm. natural, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And speaking of grief, that's a, a topic that we talk here often too, and I have not experienced myself, not yet. I know it is to come. And it seems to me like it is one of the most painful experiences for humans to go through. Do you agree? And if you do, why? I, I don't think it has to be compared to anything, but I, I would say it's mm. definitely um, something that we all share as humans is impermanence and suffering from, you know, loss of of either our life or, or the life of animals or people around us. And um, so our, you know, our shared humanity around that topic is, is really important to me. And, and when I wrote um, the Heart Guide book, I interviewed about uh, close to 50 people and I just asked, you know, what helped you with your sorrow? What helped you with your grief? And the people that I spoke to, um, the youngest one was 19 and the oldest one was 89. And they came from all different backgrounds, you know, Christian, Buddhist, um, pagan, atheist, spiritual, not religious, different economic backgrounds, different races. But but that suffering of, of loss and what helped them and sharing that, you know, that shared heart wisdom is really important um, for us to recognize that the people around us may be suffering or mm. will be suffering and that we ourselves suffer and then mm. extending compassion um, to each other. You know, and when we talked about those labels yeah. before, I mean, those yeah. identities are important, but if you go a little deeper What's important is that we're on this planet, we're humans, and and we can certainly help each other in a lot of ways Mm. by showing compassion. I use the word love uh, more often than not. Is that the same thing when you say compassion? Could we replace that with love, even kindness, or compassion somehow different? Well, I think they're all 
spiritual values, right. uh, you right. know, and they're, they're things that we need. And so compassion is understanding something about someone else's life story, life situation. You know, I guess love, you don't necessarily need understanding for love. You can just love, mm. you know, trees and the earth and yeah. people in a, in a broader sense. And right. kindness, you know, is, is acting on mm. that love and mm. showing that love in maybe more concrete ways. Yeah, but they're all, yeah, they're all inner, you know, interrelated words. They're all values that, you know, we would like to honor on a spiritual path. What do you think or feel is the purpose of the human experience? It's a broad question. Um, I mean, obviously caring for one another, one another is important. I I would say for my human experience, you know, it's a lot about healing, Mm -hmm. uh, learning and helping. So, um, you know, as humans here, we we have experiences that we need to heal, which then help us with that compassion and love and kindness that that you mentioned. And and the healing and that inner work is, uh, I think, critical uh, because without it, when you talk about the flow in nature, you know, it's like this river. And if we don't heal our wounds or our traumas Mm -hmm. or our various hurts and suffering, it's like a a dam in the river, you know, nothing else is going to get through. And so we're not going to necessarily get to compassion or love or kindness if we're kind of blocked because we haven't healed our wounds. And so healing, if we do nothing else, I think that is a huge benefit to the planet because then we don't pass on our hurts and negativity to the next generation or the people around us that we care about. So healing and then learning I mean, that's lifelong. I mean, here on this planet, I think we're continually, continually, hopefully learning and expanding because that's part of evolution. That's part of how we grow and that's how we change and that's how we do better, you know, and healing the planet's important as well. And then the um, helping, you know, what, how can we help? How can we contribute? What's our purpose? You know, so that, that would be the answer to that as best I can articulate. (laughs) Is there a destination for healing from your perspective? And also talk to me for a moment about the misconceptions about it. Yeah, there's no destination. Um, You know, if so in the Heart Guide book, you know, I talk to a lot of people who who lost loved ones. And so the healing journey for each person is different. And there's no, you know, one magic key or one answer. Right. Um, because it, it is a going deeper within to ask the question, mm. you know, what do I need for my healing? What do I need to, to move forward? What do I need to heal? You know, what is my heart telling me will be most helpful? Right. And so when we do that inner work, that inner journey, you know, we are our own sort of experts on what our heart needs and and we can get guidance from others and they can walk along beside us, but we're going to have to do that inner work ourselves. And so in the Heart Guide book, I was so interested to hear everyone else's journey because then we have this sort of collective shared wisdom and their journey is different and their situation is different, but, um, you know, maybe there's some piece of something someone says that resonates and you say oh you know okay on my healing journey pets are really important and they you know they give me a reason to get up in the morning or you know or my 
nature is really important and helpful to me. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's very unique, yeah, the way we navigate. Right. And yet there's some universals. So it's Mm. that paradox. It's both. You know, we have Mm. to go inside to our hearts and ask. And then there's also all this wealth of wisdom that's out there that we can draw from. True. Yeah, I love this uh, integration, that the idea that we can hold both the paradox, uh, mm-hmm. what is, what's not here now happening in this moment as the unknown. <laughs> I think I have changed the subject for about the unknown. It comes to me a lot of times that this is the unknown itself. Like you and I talking now, this is something that I'm like, how is this possible <laughs> to be <laughs> here in the human body? It, it just, it's amazes me whatever it's in here, that it, this is possible. So when it comes to healing, it seems like we're already healed at mm-hmm. some level. It's We are mm-hmm. whole. There's nothing missing, nothing that's broken mm-hmm. or ever was. Mm-hmm. But it seems also at the same time that there's something to heal, like when um, tragedy happens um, from that perspective, losing somebody or something, then it feels like we are not whole, but we are. So that's kind of uh, such a fascinating Um, experience to have. Yeah, I think it's holding, you know, on the one hand, the spiritual element, the essence of, yes, we're here, we're perfect, we're connected to the divine, all is well. And then the, in the other hand, holding the human experience of, Mm, you know, loss, suffering, you know, our, our things that we need to learn and grow from. And so, yeah, there's both. I think we can hold both. And that might be what a lot of spiritual teachings call liberation or freedom. Would you say that too, Diana, that that would be freedom? Being able to hold space or be in this space for everything to happen and being able to hold paradoxes. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, freedom um, is definitely an expanded space so in i'm talking about internally now you know yeah. The, ex, yeah. the expansion of you know allowing and surrendering and welcoming and mm. all of that you know and holding all of that and i think a, as we maybe go deeper the the space does get wider you know that expanded space of like deep in the ocean it's a huge mm, yeah. huge ocean you know yeah, yeah. Uh, something mm. like that is is a visual that would work for me but um, yeah, free, there's freedom. Uh, and then, you know, maybe the more human realm of that would be freedom of thought and yeah. freedom of expression, you know, creative expression and freedom to be our authentic selves and freedom of religion and freedom of speech, um, all of that. And then, you know, the human realm flip side of that uh, is responsibility and recognition that we live in a community with other humans and we live on a planet and we have this you know, we have our our internal freedoms and our freedom of expression, but then we also have responsibility not to do harm, Right. you know. And so, for example, you know, freedom of speech, you wouldn't go into a theater and yell fire because um, you might harm the people in there who panic and stampede. And, you know, we have all these freedom, freedoms of expression, but we don't want to be harming people. And so we don't let you know, 12-year-olds drive on the highway. We don't let people drive drunk or we have consequences for that. And so I think Mm. sometimes in our culture, we confuse the two words. But, but, you know, just the freedom to to be, that's the one other book I wrote, which was the 
LGBT community, but also the transgender, non-binary, gender non-conforming individuals and how we can be supportive of of people in our communities. But uh, honestly, that book, it it really is, anyone can read that book and it will be um, a learning about personal freedom and freedom to be and expanding our ideas of language and what it means to be male or female or non-binary. And just, you know, young people are always pushing us forward in new ways. And and I think part of a spiritual path is just being open to, you know, learning and saying, oh, I didn't know that. And oh, isn't that incredible and wonderful? And we can really learn a lot from each other if we set aside the judgments. You wrote the book, the one that we'll be talking about today, titled A Moment of Calm, Meditative and Reflective Readings for Inner Peace. Talk to me for a moment about the main inspiration and the intention of writing this book. Well, I wrote the book in 2020 um, during the pandemic. But, you know, I think even outside of the pandemic, um, you know, we, we have stressors when we're talking about our human experience. We have you know, challenges, we have difficulties. Um, You know, there's a quote about peace doesn't mean to be in a place where there's no noise or trouble or hard work. It just means to be in the midst of those things and be calm in your heart. Um, You know, that's a quote I like because it, it speaks to the, to the idea that we are going to have challenges. I don't know how you can be human and not have challenges. You know, if, if you, are interacting with other people and you're interacting in the world. There's addictions or disagreements with a spouse or disagreements, you know, with a coworker or an employer or just all these different arenas that we interact in. So finding inner peace, finding, you know, maybe a moment where we can breathe, where we can set that aside, we can go back to our center. So the, a moment of calm is basically saying, okay, take 60 seconds. You know, you can do that anywhere a stoplight, a waiting room, the emergency room, take 60 seconds and take the three slow, deep breaths and maybe, you know, read one of the passages just to get, you know, back into our heart space, back into a little calmer center. And and then we can go back and deal with the whatever the world is throwing at us in, in a, maybe a healthier way, you know? I heard the word recently, not too long ago. I actually have been reading the word, but I never really understood. They say grounding. Do you use that word too? I didn't see that word in your book, um, the pages you sent me, but would that be the same thing, Diana, these practices that you suggest of um, cultivating more calm and inner peace? Would you call them grounding practices? Um, that's not a word I've used, right, but, right. Um, you know, I guess if you think about nature and the trees, you know, mm. the roots would be grounding the trees. Yeah. And so it certainly is a word that makes sense right. in terms of, you know, if you want to be grounded and have your roots, you know, go down and, and keep you uh, balanced, you know, the way a tree would be balanced when mm. the storms come and maybe right. it, they're swaying and, mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. the branches are waving and yeah. whatnot and, and when the storms come. But yeah, you know, staying, staying centered as best we can, you know, we're yeah. not perfect. We're right. going to, you know, right. have hardships, but, right. you know, coming back to center, coming back to, mm. okay, what do I need? Right. I love that. This idea that there's no perfection. 
that we will arrive to, uh, to this place that's perfect, perfectly calm and nothing will ever happen. Right. I, yeah, right. I, mean, I, I, I so appreciate wisdom teachers and I've learned so much, but I've raised children. I've, you know, had disputes with my spouse. I've, um, you know, lost people. And, and so I think I'm, my mission is a little more about Okay, I've, I've read all these wonderful teachers. Now, how do I apply it? How do I right. apply it when, you know, I get a call in the middle of the night and, and it's my mom has had a stroke and now I need to drive out of state. You know, these are real life experiences. And in that situation where I get that phone call, it's like, okay, what are, what's the immediate thing that needs to happen? And the immediate thing might be driving to the hospital or getting a hotel room near the hospital or you know, packing up some clothes. And so, you know, our spiritual lives, we have to already have the practices in place, ideally, because yeah. in an emergency, we it's sort of like uh, an airbag, you know, in yeah. a car, you know, you hope yeah. that it's there when you need it. And so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if we've been practicing breathing, meditation, reading inspirational things, okay, the emergency happens, the airbag comes out, we're breathing without trying to breathe. And maybe, uh, we can say something like, oh, my head hurts so bad, right? This is a very intense stress. And so it's not like the headache doesn't happen or the stress doesn't happen. It's just this awareness. Oh, I must be feeling really stressed right now. I can feel it in my head. What do I need? What do I need? I need 60 seconds to go and breathe. I need to read this passage in a book. I need to call my friend and get support. Mm. It's just trying to find our way through it in healthy ways so that we don't abuse alcohol or some other unhealthy way. You know, yeah. we, we find the healthy ways as best we can to get us through those times. Do you think it's possible to prepare to lose someone we love? Is that somehow possible to just be ready for it? <laughs> I mean, I think there's there's the rational mind that knows we are impermanent, that our time here is limited, that the people we love uh, will not be here forever. I mean, I think rationally we know that. I would say emotionally, when it happens, that's a different story, you know, because our emotions, you know, we, we feel lost, we feel pain, we feel suffering. There's no way to prepare for what are each individual unique responses. I don't think there's a way to prepare for that. Um, what I would say we can do as best we can is appreciate the time that we have with the people who are here. That's probably the better, uh, I don't want to say suggestion, but okay, that's the way I would approach it is um, I can't necessarily prepare for, for everyone who's going to pass the way that you know, Thich Nhat Hanh in the Buddhist tradition, you know, they go and sit in the morgue and they become very aware of impermanence. Okay. In a Buddhist tradition, they do prepare. In in my situation, which is living in the world with children, with a spouse, with uh, friends and family, the way that I approach it is I recognize, oh, you know, this time I'm spending with this person could be the last this time I'm spending with this person, I really want to take it in and appreciate it, you know, as best I can. I mean, even with that mindfulness, the moments go by so fast, but at least the awareness that, okay, they're here and I really want to tell them I love them and I really want to appreciate them and 
it's not perfect, but I'm going to do my damnedest. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. To just love the people around me as best I can, because I do know that if Mm -hmm. nothing else, my time is limited. And how do I want to spend it, you know? So you wrote other books and we talked about them earlier. The Freedom to Be, you spoke about Mm -hmm. it uh, briefly, Heart Guide, and also Traveling Spirit. Talk to me for a moment about this title, Diana. Mm -hmm. So Traveling Spirit, uh, the subtitle is Daily Tools for Your Life's Journey. That book is the one that has all the tools that I personally found helpful, you know. So the mind, body, spirit tools after my uh, father's death. He he died in a drunk driving accident. And, you know, I mentioned, you know, that I just surrendered. And so really for about 10 years, I just explored all sorts of different healing modalities, you know, from Native American ceremony, shamanism, Buddhism. I don't know, for some reason, my path is about exploration and then maybe Mm -hmm. trying to synthesize some of it into sort of daily living. But um, I mean, as I said, those things came to me. And then I, at the end of it, I, uh, as best I could all together into the book Traveling Spirit. And the title is just, you know, we are on this planet and spiritually, you know, we're, we are sort of on a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Of exploration and learning and growing. So your book, the one that we are talking about today is a moment of calm, meditative and reflective readings for inner peace. It's um, outlined part one, peace, part two, nature's healing balm, Three, grief and loss. We have talked a lot about that. Works in progress. Four, five, living from the heart. Six, vision. And that was the last part. The parts that I had access to, the passages that caught my attention. Let me go through some of them. There are way too many here that I really, really resonated. The passage, Finding Peace Within, you say, To rest in the silence of unknowing is not a sign of weakness. It means we are open. We are ready to hear the quiet whispers of our heart. And you've been talking about, um, we've been talking about being open, you especially. And I love that idea. Talk to me about silence and why we are so uncomfortable with silence, most of us. Yeah, well, well, I think in order to hear uh, the wisdom of our hearts, you know, we do need to quiet down the mental chatter, you know, all the noise in the world, you know, kind of step back from the conflict or the social media or, you know, the issues of the day and and go back to our hearts. And so when we go back to our hearts and we're quiet and we ask those questions about, you know, what do I need in this moment or what does life want for me going forward? You know, then we can either hear the answers or at least be more open to uh, the guidance when it comes. And when you said, I wanted to ask you before, when you say it came to me, the information, the inspiration, the source of that, would you call intuition or something else? Um, uh, a lot of the times when I'm writing, um, the, this book is, uh, they're essays, you know, and so they're just meditative readings. You know, the idea is that you can read one in the morning or one before you go to sleep and then end it with an affirmation so that, you know, it's something that can be hopefully inspiring or calming. Um, And the way that I approach my essay writing is I often meditate 
and I'm just meditating and I'm sort of uh, asking what's needed or what would be helpful or um, just listening. And, um, and that's what I do before I write. And so hopefully what I'm writing then is, you know, meaningful and helpful to someone. Um, so is it intuition? You know, what, what do you call that inner uh, guidance, you know, intuition, heart wisdom. Yes, it's, I think it's all of that, um, divine inspiration, or, you know, a lot of artists, writers like myself or, or visual artists, you know, we're, I think we approach it like um, conduits, you know, what comes through is what is needed. And, and if we open up to that, it, it will come through, you know. What is needed. I love that because then we kind of end that frantic search for something mm -hmm. that we want. We always want something, the mind, the ego, some <laughs> say. It doesn't stop with the wants, but then desires and all. But then there is a life speaking to us and giving us what we need. And it's available. It's right there. But because of our focus is on wanting something different, then we're not able to see what's happening here and what the need is. Yeah, the writing process, it's sort of interesting because the first book, the Traveling Spirit book, it was a little more about, you know, what are the tools that help me? Um, let me, you know, put those into a book and share them with people. When the Heart Guide book came, um, that's the one where I interviewed people about grief and loss, it wasn't putting together like chapters or a title of the book or maybe the way in school they would teach writing. It really was an unfolding. The idea came in a dream. Um, it was very clear. This is what I was supposed to do. There was no doubt. And then the people in the book um, came to me and, and it really was just an unfolding, unfolding, unfolding for three or four years. Wow. wow. <laughs> so quite a long time. Uh, uh -huh. being open and, you know, sometimes just following that and trusting that and having faith that, that that is for a reason, even if I don't necessarily understand all the reasons. We are almost at the end. And there are so many passages, so many notes I made here. Uh, I won't be able to go through all of them. I love the listening to the bird song passage. Uh, that might be one of my favorites. Might be. There's so many. Uh, you talk about fear there. You mentioned death. Death is a wake-up call to life. Being fully present during moments of sorrow and during moments of happiness, how important that is. Or what the relationship is with the bird song. Bird songs to me, that kind of goes back to what you just mentioned about the wisdom of the heart, divine inspiration. So that's really beautiful. I love that passage for some reason. <laughs> kind of resonated true to me. I mean, everything else did too, but some more than others. And the passage you have, I love quiet, still moments. And you have this here, you says, there are no easy answers to grief, but there are a few nuggets of hard-earned wisdom. And then you say, no, you're not alone. Know that there is more than we currently understand. Know that people we love want us to be happy. Know healing takes time. Know you are here for a reason. Know you are loved. Powerfully written. It caught my attention because it's so true. We're not alone and we are loved. If we're not love itself, we are yeah, unconditionally loved. Beautiful, beautiful written. Uh, be gentle with yourself. So many. And I love this too when you say perhaps the soothing solitude of nature or a single line 
in a poem will become our healing balm. I love the way you say that too. <laughs> Be gentle with yourself. That's just, yeah, this reading that line kind of opens up. Uh, just be, that's enough. It's releasing. It's so liberating, these phrases. Thank you so much for your work. And before I ask you my final questions, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Um, I can read a passage uh, yeah. to finding peace within. I, I really like practicing, not just the theory, you know. Right. And so my blog, the Spirituality for Daily Living, you know, is really all about all these different tools, all these different practices. Okay, now let's put them, into, let's integrate them into our lives and so that we are, can practice nonviolence in our thinking, nonviolence in our speaking, nonviolence in our actions. I think that's incredibly helpful for the planet. So um, putting it into practice because it, it does no good to, to read all these wisdom teachers and gurus. And if we're going to destroy the planet right. or hurt the people around us, right. you know, with our mindlessness. And so, sure. you know, I think trying to practice and learning to practice is so critical. Yeah. I so I, I'll, I'll read the finding peace within. Yes. Um, yeah. And so what I will do is invite anyone who is listening, you know, we can practice right now. This is, you know, a moment where we can mm. close our eyes, yeah. take three slow, deep breaths in and out just be aware of your breathing and, and I'll read. We are entering a new day. Sit quietly. Listen to the sounds floating past you and remember all who came before. During periods of uncertainty, inner stillness brings us strength. Strength of heart, strength of mind, and strength of spirit. Calm introspection illuminates not only our interior landscape, but also the astounding splendor of the world around us. When we are mindful of our motives and intentions, as well as consciously aware of the natural world in which we live, we become better at releasing our fierce grip on chaotic thinking and our futile efforts to control life. In stillness, we don't have to know all the answers. We don't have to be right. We don't have to prove a point. To rest in the silence of unknowing is not a sign of weakness. It means we are open and we are ready to hear the quiet whispers of our heart. And when you talk about practice, I think about the idea we have of destination, getting there and staying there and that's done. It doesn't quite work. It's, there's always something to do to practice, improve. So my ending questions, what is another word for healing? Well, um self-love I think would be a good definition um, when we've healed and done our inner work I think uh, our capacity for loving ourselves and loving others um, is increased if you knew you would die soon meaning leaving the body or losing the body would you make any change or do anything in a different way well, I think about that all the time, and so hopefully I am every day um, doing those things that I mentioned, which is spending some time in nature and saying gratitude and thank you, you know, so much for this life. I mean, I think I have, I think my, you know, my biological father dying really did um, put that front and center, you know, for the last time. And so, uh, I mean, obviously spending time with our, our loved ones, spending time with my daughters is um, 
my priority in life. Yeah. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? <laughs> I, I love my daughters and, and I love the earth and um, I'm, I'm grateful for the time I've had on the planet. You know, th those are three things I know for certain. But, you know, a lot of the spiritual path really is um, not knowing and being open and being uh, having a what in Buddhism would be called a beginner mind because, mm -hmm. you know, what we <laughs> know for right. certain today, uh, you know, right. certainly can change 50 years from now, a thousand years from now. And it, you know, what we knew for certain 50 years ago, mm -hmm. two days ago, <laughs> a thousand years ago, you know, it, it's continually, hopefully evolving and growing and expanding. And so mm -hmm. I'd almost say it's better not to know too much for certain <laughs> because <laughs> then you are open, uh, to possibilities that are coming. <laughs> Thank you so much, Diana. I love, 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 love your wisdom, <laughs> the wisdom that mm -hmm. flows through you and where you're open to just give voice to them. And yes, yeah, not knowing is the place to be. From my yeah, well, thank you for having me and for the work you're doing as well. It's, it's really helpful and important. Thank you. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Yeah, so all my books um, are on Amazon, but um, my website has my books and my spirituality for daily living blog. So my name is Diana Ensign, D-I-A-N-A-E-N-S-I-G-N.com. Wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much again and we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. Bye for now, Diana. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Diana J. Ensign and her work, please visit dianaensign.com. more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.